0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Campfire Adventures podcast. I'm super excited for today's story and super excited because we have the biggest audience, physical audience with us here today. So I appreciate you guys all coming to listen to today's story. And then, of course, everybody listening in podcast land, I definitely appreciate you as always. I have a really interesting story that I'm excited to share with you today, but I do want to say that the subject material in today's story is a little bit more mature in terms of being um, a true crime story mixed together with a ghost story, mixed together all with being a true story. So, if the content starts to get a little bit too heavy for you to listen to, that's okay. Just go ahead and turn it off and listening to some Disney classics because we're all cool with that. (laughs) Um, But without further ado, let's get into today's story. The story starts off today at the one and only hotel del coronado now this hotel this luxurious beautiful resort opened up in 1888 and at the time it was known as the world's largest resort and the walls housed guests from all different walks of life including multiple u.s presidents and even at the time marilyn monroe chose this resort to film one of her movies in so this was like swanky high class high society people going to visit but none of these guests would have or be able to garner a legendary guest status quite like the ghost of the beautiful stranger and that's who the story for today's podcast episode is going to be about it's a beautiful woman dubbed the beautiful stranger i just want to break down today's story into the different days that led up to the last five days of life that the beautiful stranger had within the hotel of del coronado so to start it off day one it's thursday november 24th 1892 for most of us americans it's known as thanksgiving and a young woman named miss lodi a bernard from detroit michigan enters through the single woman's resort entrance to get a room for the week okay real quick you didn't hear me wrong there actually used to be back in the day, remember this is the 1890s, there used to be a separate entrance for single women who were going to go stay at a hotel or a resort because it was unusual for women to be unaccompanied by a man back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so they had their own entrance that they'd go through and then the staff at the time would kind of try to figure out why they were alone, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I mean, it's a little in your business, but I guess back in the day it was the norm. So she enters through the entrance goes to the check-in stand and requests to have a room for the week she arrived with no luggage she only had a small handbag and the desire to stay at the hotel del coronado so the staff immediately try to figure out like oh why, why is she alone like first she doesn't have any luggage I mean she's dressed nice but I mean what's the reason that she'd come here and it was around that time that she figured out that she had to tell them exactly what she was doing there. So she told them that she was expecting her brother. His name was Dr. Anderson and that he would be joining her shortly after she arrived and bring in all of her luggage and then they would stay at the resort together. So she technically wasn't alone. She just got there early and was just setting up for them to be able to stay there at the hotel. And just a fun fact, hotels back in the day and specifically this resort in particular, it used to cost around that time frame that she was there in the 1890s, $2 a night to stay in this beautiful resort. Now, remember, Marilyn Monroe actually filmed a movie here. U.S. presidents used to stay here. Royalty from Europe used to come and visit. So this place was, I mean, for $2, could you imagine? And back in the day, $2 was a lot. Like, I remember my mom saying when she was a kid, a dollar used to buy chips, candy, and a trip to the <laughs> movies. So imagine back then. And then if you ate there, right, there were different dining establishments there as well. And the cost or the price per plate would be $2 to two fifty, depending on where you went to go eat. So she sets up the room, and they welcome her and her brother whenever he gets there to room 302. So she goes into her room, settles in for the day. Now we're gonna fast forward to day number two. She wakes up, she goes straight down to the counter and asks, hi, you know, my name is Miss Lodi A. Bernard and I wanna just double check to see if there is a message for me from Dr. Anderson, who's my brother. I've been waiting to hear from him and he's supposed to come stay with me at the hotel. And they look and they look through all the messages and everything and they don't see anything from him. So they tell her, yeah, unfortunately, I'm so sorry, but we don't have any messages for you from him and so a little displeased she's like okay you know what i have another place i'm gonna go check so she goes to another hotel within the area called the brewsters hotel and she goes there and asks specifically for um dr anderson and mrs anderson that they should be staying there together the staff at the hotel brewsters say oh unfortunately we don't have any reservations for that name so once again she gets a no and so she returns back to the hotel and she's looking a little sad she's looking a little defeated just a little bit now remember this is only the second day so she gets back to the hotel coronado and the staff starts to notice that she's a little bit more depressed a little sluggish or whatever in an attempt to kind of help her out they end up sending a physician to her room to just give her an evaluation and check her out she politely declines the physician coming to the room and sends him off on his way, but she requests for the bellman to come to her room. And the bellman's name at the time was Harry West. When she had gotten there, she had picked him specifically to run unusual, unique errands that she had, and she'd pay him a day's rate of pay in order for him to do it. So she's like, can you please send Harry to my room? And when he comes up here, can you have him bring an empty bottle, a sponge, and then some camphor oil? Now, I don't know if any of you know what camphor oil is. Don't worry, I have you covered. I looked it up. So camphor oil is a type of oil that comes from a camphor tree. Basically this oil was is used, or I don't know if it's still used, but it's used to um, relieve congestion, like within your chest, and then also any type of inflammation within your body. So they make it into face creams, they make it into lotions, they make it into like an oil rub. And so she had requested all these different items. Now i don't know if she ever got these items and i don't know what she planned on using these items for but if she was paying harry i'm certain that she got them so that concludes day number two now day number three and day number four it gets mixed up with the information that was expressed within her story remember we're calling her the beautiful stranger and now she's known as miss lodi a bernard right so she's staying at the hotel and during her stay there she gets really familiar with the housekeeper and the housekeeper comes and visits her every single day checks on her and i'm gonna say it was around day three and day four just because i feel like at that time she probably felt more comfortable with the staff coming in and out of her room so the housekeeper comes to the room and she starts to just ask her a little bit like hey are you okay you seem like you know you're sad you seem like you're not happy i know you're waiting for your brother we haven't heard from him yet is everything all right with you and this is when miss bernard decides that she's going to confide in the housekeeper because she trusts her so she tells her like look you know honestly i have stomach cancer and she's like and i I need my brother here he's a doctor i'm going to hopefully get some type of treatment and that's why i'm a little bit more sluggish and and like i appreciate you noticing but this is why it's because i'm sick and she's like oh okay well if you need anything you just let me know right like i'm here to help you i'm here to take care of you And so their relationship continues to grow from there. And it was around, like I said, the day three, day four area when Miss Bernard decides that she wants to take a long, hot bath. And she's like, you know what? I'm I'm not feeling good. If I take a bath, maybe it'll soothe my soul kind of thing. And then the housekeeper was like, that's not a good idea. You know, a bath's going to make you a little bit weaker. So maybe you shouldn't take it. And yeah, you know, the housekeeper, obviously, is just looking out for her. Remember, they sent the physician to go check on her as well. So they're all trying to like just make sure this lady's OK. Mrs. Bernard persists and says, yeah, I really want to take the to bath. So can you just run it for me? And I'm just going to take it. So without hesitation, she's like, OK, if that's what the Mrs. wants, that's what the Mrs. gets. So she runs her a bath, nice hot bath. And Miss Bernard gets in there and takes, takes her bath and just is relaxing. It's an hour. Things are kind of quiet. And I can only imagine that the housekeeper was, you know, a little nervous that she didn't hear anything from her. But after that hour, Mrs. Bernard comes out of the room and says, Hey, you know, can you do me a favor and send Harry into the bathroom? She's like, I'd like a scalp massage, please. Now, they don't usually do that kind of massage (laughs) at this hotel. Those is a really high-end facility, and it's beautiful and all. They don't always have, like, those kind of massages. But she was paying Harry a day's wage, so... I guess they just figured, yeah, he'll do it. So he walks into her bathroom and it's reported that he immediately felt uneasy. He felt like the vibe and the atmosphere was kind of gloomy. She looked really nervous and uneasy. So he was concerned. And she just told him like, hey, you know, I just need a scalp massage so I can relax and it'll help me feel better. So he starts to like work in and give her a massage on her head. And I guess he had noticed that her hair was like drenched in water and so he felt like she had made an attempt to take her life by placing herself underwater for a long period of time now he wasn't sure right but he just had a feeling because she had not been feeling well she was super quiet for an hour according to the housekeeper and then he gets in there and the atmosphere is completely like still like i'm sure you can cut the air with the knife that's how like stiff it was and she was nervous and then her hair was just drenched in water now i don't know if i believe this one completely but this is a story that was expressed in the union tribune at the time and a lot of different media outlets so it's one of the stories so i wanted to make sure that i told you it within my podcast so we're going to continue and her relationship with the housekeeper only continued to develop that was when she decided that She would tell the housekeeper that not only did she have stomach cancer but she also had heart disease she told the housekeeper like look this is this is everything i've told you everything i have stomach cancer now i have like i've had heart disease and i just don't know if i want to continue to do to deal with the situation that i'm in and the people and the staff at this resort were like all too happy to be there for her i mean they're watching out for her the whole time so she tells her these problems and like once again the housekeeper's like if you need anything let me know so mrs bernard goes down to the lobby once again and she asks hey have you all heard anything from my brother it's you know day three or four like i said both days they said, No, we haven't heard anything from your brother. We haven't got any messages for you. We're really sorry. And again, she had checked at. What was the hotel called? Booster. Booster? Yeah. Booster? Booster. Who wants to put money on that? I mean, I don't want to put money on it. Who wants but to put money on it? it. I money, I'm
1: a okay, <laughs> five bucks.
0: I'm- Damn it, Brewster's. Is- we didn't shake on it. Yeah. <laughs> so. She also goes to Brewster's Hotel again to double check just to see. And there was no reservations for Dr. Anderson or the missus. And so she's just she's just down. And she was quoted as saying, like, oh, gosh, now no one's going to come like no one's going to come see me. You know, it's just very melancholy, this whole feel with what's going on with, you know, poor Mrs. Bernard. During her stay at the hotel a lot of like we said her brother wasn't reaching out to her she couldn't find any information on him but she did reach out to a man named gl allen and he was in and from hamburg iowa and she had asked him hey you know can i have 25 dollars?" but she didn't receive an immediate message from him this along with not hearing from her brother only furthered help her feel unwanted and so she continued to like dwell in this feeling and the staff definitely noticed everything that was going on So we're now at day five. Now remember what I said earlier, that this story is gonna follow the five days of her life that lasted throughout the Hotel Del Coronado. So day five, she goes downstairs, and lo and behold, what is she gonna ask? She's gonna ask if her brother, Dr. Anderson, ever reached out to her while she was at the hotel. And of course, the hotel had to unfortunately tell her, we're so sorry, we don't have any messages from you. And I'm sure she double-checked to see if GL Allen had reached out to her about the $25. But of course, no. So it was this day that it was reported that she went out into the city and she bought an American Bulldog brand .44 revolver. She returned back to the hotel. Now this is the part where I want you all to, if it's going to get too heavy for you, go ahead and put on that Disney music, it's cool. But we're going to talk a little bit about life and death here and, and if it's a little too much I want to make sure that you feel comfortable so she bought the revolver returned back to the hotel she dressed in all black she had a black dress on black lace over her face day turned tonight and the staff noticed that this woman had walked outside of the hotel towards the back area towards the beach in this black dress with this black lace over her face and they pieced it together where they thought hey wait a second that kind of looks like is that you know mrs bernard and they thought they saw her but this night wasn't like any other night it was dark stormy wind blowing left and right rain falling down like this weather on top of being left alone didn't do anything special for miss bernard so it's reported that she went out that night took this gun and decided she would take her life but a shot in the dark in the storm went unheard and no one went to go find mrs bernard nobody knew that she stayed out there all night and it wasn't until the morning when an electrician for the hotel actually wandered the premises doing his job and came across the body it's unfortunate and it's really sad and all the staff was just in disbelief at this young beautiful woman who's only 24 years old actually that her life had been taken early. But to their knowledge, I mean, she was going through a lot of stuff. She had stomach cancer, she had heart failure, and she had already expressed to the housekeeper that it was just hard for her to keep going on. And then on top of that, she was waiting for Dr. Anderson to reach out to her, G.L. Allen to reach out to her for money. Maybe she needed some money. So the only thing they can do at that point was to notify the police. They reached out to Deputy Coroner Stetson and he had ruled the death a suicide they had taken the body quickly it was super early in the morning when the electrician found her so they quickly took the body to johnson and company's undertaking rooms in san diego because of the rain it washed away any remnants of what would be there because of what had happened to her you know so there was no blood sand was put back to where it was supposed to be it's like it was a storm just happened and brushed everything away so her body was taken like i said to johnson and company's undertaking rooms and the police decided that they were going to search her room to see if they can find anything to help lead to a resolve of what happened, like if it really was a suicide, if it was a homicide. And so when they got into her room, they found pills, but these pills were for malaria. So they don't think that this had anything to do with the decision that she had made. And as they look through the room, they're, they're looking for any clue, any evidence that can help. But the only thing they found was evidence that she had burned every single piece of paper, every telegram that she got, anything she wrote on, she burned it all. And they only found one envelope and one letter with scribbled gibberish on it. And I actually have everything that was written on there. On the outside of the envelope, it said Miss Lodi Anderson Bernard. And then the letter reads, Coronado, Lillian Russell, and I don't know any such man. So this is all gibberish to the cops they're like well how are we supposed to piece together this story how are we supposed to figure out why she did what she did they only found malaria pills and this letter so they're kind of stuck because they don't have anywhere to go with that and then they found her purse and the only thing they found in her purse was like just a little bit more than twenty dollars which as we know at the time is a lot of money i mean that can get you a good amount of time at this hotel and some dinner so she had twenty dollars but She also reached out to G.L. Allen, right? For the $25. So I'm not sure if the police know that at this time, but that's just something to keep in consideration while we keep going on with this story. So police decide that the best way to handle this case is to just look up the previous address for Lodi A. Bernard, right? That just makes sense. So when they look up the name, they find the address, and when they go to the address, They find out that there is, in fact, a Lodi A. Bernard. But this Lodi A. Bernard is alive and well. They're like, wait a second, then who is this? And that's how she was dubbed the beautiful stranger, because they didn't know who she was. The drawing board was once again cleared. Like, the letters didn't help, her purse content didn't help, her name was fake. So they weren't sure what to do. They were kind of stumped. So back to square one, they decide to get a sketch artist to come composite of drawing of her face. And then they put it out in the local newspaper with the description of her height, any type of mole she had on her, different things that can help anybody identify this person. And a couple of people come forward and they think like, Oh, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And it leads to nothing. But at the same time that that's happening, the police reached out to GL Allen and he said, I do know of a Dr. Anderson, but I do not know who his wife is. And he did say that he had sent some money to Lodi A. Bernard, but it was for charity, so he didn't know what the money was going to. So in addition to this happening, there was also a report of a missing maid named Kate Logan. Mr. Grant, who had hired this maid, Kate Logan, had apparently had this maid who needed to go get some documents signed in San Diego and she had told him like I I should be back around Thanksgiving I'm just going to go there get this paperwork signed and then I'm going to come back and everything will be fine so he said yeah sure go ahead but Thanksgiving came and then Thanksgiving passed and after Mr. Grant started seeing stories of this missing person Mrs. Bernard and then he saw the composite drawing he decided that maybe I should say that Kate Logan is missing and just You know just to put it out there so people are looking for her too so with all this new information with gl allen finally getting back to the police with mr grant bringing up the missing maid that has been gone since before thanksgiving with all this happening the undertaker who actually had the beautiful stranger's body had just embalmed the body and then put it up for display in the window of I guess his embalming shop I don't know what you'd call that but he put the body on display just to help anybody to like look at it and then help identify it so the police are taking all these different tips under consideration they're talking to GL Allen they're talking to Mr. Grant they're trying to figure out what's going on they have the body on display and police decided that they were going to look into the report of the missing Kate Logan and They were able to obtain her belongings because Mr. Grant was working with the police in order to find his missing maid. And they were given a trunk full of her stuff. And within the stuff that they found, they found a marriage certificate for Miss Logan. For her and her husband named Thomas E. Morgan. Whose bride was named Katie F. Farmer. And they both were from, I don't know if you'd guess it, but Hamburg, Iowa. Which, if you remember, that's where gl allen is from so let me tell you when i was like reading all this stuff and piecing all this information together i was like this isn't gonna make sense that's not gonna make sense this isn't gonna make sense but this is where it all starts to make sense and it gets crazy because we're only talking about the true story part of this right now like the living and afterlife part we haven't even got to the campfire creepy part of it yet so kate logan was actually miss kate morgan And was estranged from her husband thomas and actually started up a relationship with thomas's stepbrother gl allen gl allen was a gambler and together with kate they would scam rich men out of their money so she was estranged from thomas was dating his stepbrother and now they're in this relationship where they go hustling rich people out of their money and they travel from town to town and the bit would go like this so miss kate morgan would go and seduce one of the rich men at some hotel or wherever they'd stop one of their stopping points and get them interested in to be around her and want to take a relationship to the next level and to seal the deal she'd tell them well in order to be with me you have to beat my brother in a uh, hand of cards and so i mean obviously they want to be with her young beautiful woman so they decide that they're going to play that hand of cards and they would always lose because gl allen was actually really good at cards so they'd take the money and they'd run and just perform the scam over and over and over so while they were going along performing these scams they ended up getting to orange city in california now i'm from california I was like, Orange City, are they talking about Orange County? But there's actually an Orange City in Orange County. So just a fun fact that I realized, cause I thought I, I was like, look, how truthful are these articles? But yes, yeah, so Orange City in Orange County. And so they had gotten there and GL and Kate had gotten into a disagreement. This is where Kate decided that she was gonna leave. She was like, I'm done with this, what, you know, like let's stop it, I, I wanna stop. And, and he didn't wanna stop. So she had left left all her luggage this is why she didn't have luggage right she left all her luggage with him got off whatever train or wherever however they were getting around town and ended up in san diego outside the hotel del coronado that's how she arrived there with no luggage and only her purse and that's why she said that her brother was gonna come meet her there Mm -hmm. later because she believed that he would eventually come find her right right It was actually theorized that she was never even suffering from stomach cancer and that she didn't have heart failure but that she was actually pregnant with a child and that's why she was all torn up inside because i think she decided at that point i don't know specifically but if i was her you know like do i run these scams with the father of my child or even if he is the father of a child but then again she's estranged from her real husband thomas Mm -hmm. so it would make sense that it's gl allen's child if allegedly there was a child but that could be where that disagreement came from and now she's at the hotel del coronado after all this information had come up after the body was displayed in the window the police were able to finally identify the beautiful stranger as kate morgan and honestly i think at this point what the police just wanted to do was give her proper burial So they tried to reach out to different family members. No one was getting back. I think they, again, had reached out to G. Allen and heard nothing and from Thomas and heard nothing. And it wasn't until they heard something from her grandfather who said, you know, just please bury her and then send me the final note just so I know for sure that she was, you know, put to rest. Kate's final resting place is Mount Hope Cemetery in San Diego. And it's reported that at the funeral, no family or friends attended at all. And actually, it was just a couple local women who went to the funeral. Nobody followed anything, you know, when they bring the body in the carriage or whatever. There was nothing. And so it's kind of really sad, but it also kind of comes to full circle with her never having anybody there, especially within the last couple of days of her life and now at her funeral, right? But that's not the last time that you're going to hear about Kate Morgan. Okay, yes, if you figured it out, if you followed along this whole time, the beautiful stranger is Kate Morgan. And Kate Morgan, her spirit still remains at the Hotel Del Coronado. She is one of the most famous guests to be at the hotel and to stay at the hotel. Like people legit travel around the world in order to stay in her room. Her room's on reserve way throughout the year. She was staying in room 302 at the time back in 1892. And now today that room is now known as room 3327. So you can go to the hotel, you can stay in her room, and you might be able to even see her spirit. People have reported sightings of her spirit. They've noticed lights just turning on and off randomly, objects moving by themselves. The drapes from your windows would blow even when the window would be closed. And some even report seeing her walking the hallways and hearing her footsteps moving, but she's not actually there so although in her life she wasn't necessarily seen by maybe the people that she wanted to be seen by but now in her afterlife she has so much more she has people she doesn't even know who want to come see her and that's what's the coolest thing about this whole story was because when i was looking for a story for this week's episode i was looking for something more local because. But then the last couple episodes, I kept saying, like, oh, I've never been to the East Coast. I've never been to Europe. Well, I've been to Europe. But I've, I've never been to these other places where the stories took place. So when I was looking for a story, my nephew had brought up the idea of the ghost of hotel del coronado and so that's when i started to look into it and the coolest part of this whole story is that i actually went there with my mama we both (laughs) went to the hotel and we walked around took so many beautiful pictures the hotel itself is breathtaking and i can see why celebrities presidents royalty would all go to this hotel it it was amazing the beach view was amazing and although some of it's changed like if you do go to the hotel you're not necessarily going to be able to see exactly where miss kate morgan did take her life because they've renovated it a little bit but her room is still there and the goal for me to go there was just to put myself in her shoes just to walk the steps that she walked and maybe just get a glimpse or maybe feel a little vibe my mom says she felt something I did? She did. I I had a little headache, but I don't know. But we actually did make a friend while we were at the hotel. I was looking for, maybe if they had like a sign or a plaque, something to talk about Kate Morgan and her life. And we had walked through this little shop and ended up introducing ourselves to a man named Mark. And he had just a plethora of knowledge talking about Kate Morgan, about her life, about, about the spirits of the hotel. It was really interesting because... Although we're talking about Kate Morgan, he believes that she's not the only ghost. Although she's the most famous ghost from this hotel, this hotel was built in the 1800s, 1888 to be exact. There's bound to be multiple spirits. And he says that if you work at the hotel, you'll in fact feel the spirits, see the spirits, hear the spirits. He himself said a spirit actually was like pushing him like you know gently pushed pressing against his back pushing him forward to walk and then once he got to the end of where he was walking he said he just felt a burning sensation within the area where he felt the pressure being applied to his back and then later on when he got home and checked things out there was no imprint or no nothing and he was saying that a lot of new people who come to the hotel to work there they're like yeah sure whatever like I don't believe in ghosts. I don't think they're real. And then it only takes just a a matter of time before they're spouting the same story that the Hotel Del Coronado, you're never, ever really alone. So it's pretty cool because we got to go there. We got to meet him. He had tons of great knowledge. We took a picture with their mannequin of who Kate Morgan was. And I actually bought something, which is cool. So I'm going to show you all real quick so you can see it. But they do have a book called the beautiful stranger and it's all about kate morgan and it's documents her life and her time at the hotel and so i had just bought a postcard with a drawing that they have of her and and what her spirit would look like in a black dress with a black veil over her face standing outside the beach and it was just amazing it was just really cool this that made this whole episode that much more fun was to be able to go there and experience that and continuing with mark said it might not have been a suicide that had been the fate of kate that maybe somebody didn't want her alive anymore and i actually continue to look into the story of kate morgan there's another theory of what happened to her that she was ultimately murdered by her husband because after an investigation took place almost a hundred years later remember when the first investigation took place it was in the late 1890s A lot of the ways that they can test for different types of evidence or the way they looked at different things are different than how they are today. Almost 100 years later, they went back into the case and they were able to see the way that the bullet impacted Kate Morgan almost seemed more like it couldn't have been a self-inflicted wound, but maybe more of somebody else pulling the trigger instead of her. So they believe that it could have been her husband, Thomas E. Morgan. So that's a theory that Mark had had. And then to find even more fruition to that theory, it just it makes it much more of an interesting story. So at the end of the day, Kate Morgan may have not been wanted by the people that she wanted. But to me, and hopefully to all of you and everybody else out there, we want to go see her. We want to just get a little glimpse of her, even stay in her room. If I could book the hotel room... I would book the hotel room and i guess you could if you had the money i don't have the money to stay currently at the hotel del coronado but mark did recommend if you ever do want to stay a night at the hotel del coronado maybe stay during in the winter time just because it's a little bit cheaper because it's off season but still really pretty <laughs> so that's the story of our beautiful stranger miss kate morgan and i hope you enjoyed it it was really interesting this was a true crime mixed with the ghostly aftermath story that all was globbed up into this true campfire adventure podcast episode and i really hope that you guys had fun listening to it and i hope that you get a chance to go visit the hotel del coronado because it's super beautiful and there's a lot of history all involved there and visit mark in the gift shop yeah he was really cool mark was awesome tons of information super funny guy and he even took pictures of us with the with the mannequin so i really appreciate it and if you're listening shout out to mark for being so cool i appreciate you and um i appreciate all of you guys listening so thank you and that wraps up another episode of campfire adventures podcast i hope you guys enjoyed listening i really appreciate you Don't forget, this episode will have tons of pictures because I actually went there. I have the postcard that I bought from the gift shop. I have tons of different pictures, tons of articles, newspaper clippings. This episode is going to have tons of pictures and information on the website. So www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. And then like and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram at Campfire Adventures. And we also are on all podcast streaming platforms Uh, specifically shout out to spotify apple podcasts google podcasts and yeah have a great night enjoy the fire sounds enjoy all the outdoor sounds that you hear and again i appreciate you and i hope you enjoy this story bye